Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Audio only today, folks. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always by Mr. Bo Brock. And Bo had a little bit of movement on the Cardinals uh, practice field on Thursday. J.J. Watt limited, Rondell Moore back in action. What can you tell us and what should fans expect ahead of Sunday's really pivotal game at Carolina? Yeah, J.J. Watt was not out there for the Arizona Cardinals for a second consecutive day. Uh, Did not practice. He's still nursing that calf. On the injury report, he had an illness that was uh, not discussed. But you've got Vance Joseph saying that, you know, he's he's optimistic that J.J. Watt's going to be able to play. He's been dealing with this calf ever since uh, before week one, which actually kept him out of the Arizona Cardinals season opener. So, it's going to be important for J.J. Watt to be available. I, you know, with Vance Joseph just saying that, he, you know, he, he, was, he thinks he's, he's going to play, that's fine with me. And, and you don't really need to see J.J. Watt out there on the practice field. You know he's putting in the work on the side. So the Arizona Cardinals defensive line isn't going to take another hit potentially with Rashard Lawrence already coming off a of hand surgery. His availability, it's probably not happening. So, you know, J.J. Watt, that, that's the story. I know it's a polarizing topic because yep. of his injury history, right? I mean, when people yep. say he, see he's not practicing, they're saying, oh, God, you know, Steve Kime and giving him all that money, you're feeling a little buyer's remorse and you think that, you know, he wasn't worth the investment. But, look, he's your sack leader. And as far as the Arizona Cardinals' defensive success, if they're going to have any of it, he's going to be a part of it. Well, and I, I'll push back a little bit on you. I, I think he needs to practice because he didn't practice for two months in the preseason. Like, I would like to see J.J. Watt not be on the injury report or in the news for about eight to ten weeks before I feel good about it because it's it's literally something that we forecasted before the season is like, is would you sign up for 13 games right now? And I think most of us would say yes, but then it underscores what we've talked about at nauseum, especially now with Rashad Lawrence out. This defensive line group is it's a house of cards, right? Zach Allen's got his injury history. It doesn't have the greatest depth. I saw something today where they're going to lean on Ledbetter and, and yeah. potentially elevate Manny Jones and Lecky Fotu. And I, I'm sorry, that's just not good enough. In my opinion, for this team to be competitive with already major limitations at inside linebacker when you're not playing your best players and you've got Devon Kennard snatching up key snaps, I mean, your, your front seven – it's, it's vulnerable, and the only way I think that the Cardinals can kind of put an end to it is either by making a trade or the offense needs to get it together and allow the, the group to kind of pin their ears back 
But if anybody wants to play bully ball with the Arizona Cardinals, it's concerning because I think they can. And I think teams will because they don't have the horses. I mean, say what you want about Chandler Jones. He was a force at times last year. Jordan Hicks, very capable, you know, inside linebacker. I just this defensive line group in particular, it is it's a it's a point of emphasis to watch moving forward. I feel like, Bo, the secondary is in a much better shot, a much better place. You've got Trayvon Mullen, who is scheduled to play even more this week. Antonio Hamilton is set to be back next week. Mm-hmm. So I just the defense, it's a tale of two position groups, in my opinion. And we, I mean, we are completely different sides of this because I, I, I believe more in this defensive line than the secondary. And sure, yes, it's encouraging that Hamilton is is on on pace to come back and, and just kind of hit the ground running after his freak incident in the uh, in the kitchen. And then you've got Trayvon Mullen, yeah, because you got VJ saying he's absolutely going to play some defensive snaps after being held the goose egg snaps in his debut and just pretty much just a special teamer in his Cardinals debut. But when you look at the, like the next level analytics and as far as the pressure they're getting, the pass rush win rate, you some people just don't buy into it. But the Arizona Cardinals are getting strong p- pressure and they're getting it at the right time. It's just their inability to cover at all that has been their biggest issue, especially, you know, third and long situations. I mean, they've created some negative plays against opposing offenses and then on third down can't get off the field. This week is going to be different because I think Baker Mayfield is a guy that he's in his first year in the offense with with the Panthers. I don't think it's that great of an offense anyway, but he's going to hold on to the football a little bit longer than we've seen from Mahomes, than we've seen with Derek Carr, than we've seen with Matthew Stafford, who know their their system backwards and forwards, and they don't hold on the ball long anyways. I think we're going to see this pass rush get home a few times this weekend, unlike what we've seen. We've only seen J.J. Watt with two sacks. Outside of that, it's been nothing from this uh, front seven as far as generating sacks. So I'm going to put you on the record right now. Do you think... Devon Kennard, Dennis Gardeck, or Marcus Golden has a sack this week for the. Yeah, Arizona let's give it up to the junkyard dog. I'll go with I'll go with uh, Marcus Golden. I think he's been close. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know more interior players like Watt or Zach Allen get there as well. I think Zach Allen's been really close. I would have if I if I'm a betting man if if it's in the DraftKings sportsbook app, I'm probably hitting Zach Allen. For a, a prop of at least, it's got to be like what half a sack. If yeah, if over well, on that point, point seven five is how yeah. we do things on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, I don't hate that. I also would like Zayvon Collins to get some retribution of his miss sack last week um, against Matthew Stafford. Set him at Baker Mayfield a couple times. The Cardinals need to make Baker Mayfield uncomfortable. That goes without saying. You know, we're really comfortable at Four Peaks, but we had a mm-hmm. great time hanging out there yesterday in downtown. Tempe, myself, you, DA, had a blast with our live show. It's actually, we're doing a live show every Wednesday, the final Wednesday of the month. And, Bo, you guys were dabbling in some of the finest Four Peaks Brewery had to offer. That's right. You know, Kilt Lifter, wow, they were $3 specials if you were hanging out with the PHNX crew. But then you've got the Pumpkin Porter. It's the reason for the season. It's the premier pumpkin-flavored anything in the universe, in our opinion. Like, it, it beats anything that you can come up with that includes all the lattes or pumpkin spiced everything. It's pumpkin porter, and you can only find it at Four Peaks. Uh, Four Peaks they they put us up each and every final Wednesday of the of the month, and we have a fantastic time there. It's a great place to go watch a game. NFL Sunday. Who wouldn't want to go have great food, great beer, 
And of course, a great atmosphere with all the games on TV. They got the 220 inch television. That's what they're going to have Carolina uh, hosting the Arizona Cardinals on on Sunday. Check it out. Got to be 21 years old or older if you are dabbling in the beer or the spirits there. But uh, you can always go there and, and, and also drink yourself a, a nice glass of water or have a Coke if you're not 21 and still have a great time. Uh, also, let's also, talk about OGs. You got to be 21 yeah. years or older for OGs as well, but it's just as fantastic. OGs is the Arizona's original cannabis kitchen, and they're doing something that's just completely game changing. It's like what Steve Kime wants from the linebacker position, but they're actually executing this. They're succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. They're succeeding in doing it. They have a nighttime gummy. That's right. They've got a nighttime gummy that's going to help you put you to sleep and keep you to sleep. It's uh, it's flavoring dreams. That's basically what they're doing over at OG's. It's uh, the nighttime gummy. It's got uh, all the stuff that is going to help you out there at sleepy time. They've got the uh, aqua berry flavor. That's what it is. And it's got two to one THC to CBN ratio gummy. The CBN is a compound that helps specifically when falling and staying asleep. Highly recommend you check out OG's online, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. And on Instagram, you can find their products in your local dispensary. As I said before, got to be 21 years or older. More movement from the Arizona Cardinal roster. They bring back veteran Chris Banjo to the practice squad. We'll be uh, anxious to see if they elevate him on game day now that Deontay Thompson has been cut, Bo Brock. Uh, some other moving parts. We don't expect A.J. Green to play this weekend, but Bo, you had a chance to chat with perhaps his replacement, Rondell <laughs> Moore, looking like maybe a full go, maybe not. Depends on who you talk to. But goodness, it would be the lift this team desperately needs against a Carolina Panther defense that has been playing better as of late. But goodness, the card certainly could could stand to play a little bit better, too. Yeah. Talking with uh, with Rondell Moore, it, it really seems to all signs to him returning to the playing field on Sunday. He said he's excited to be back. He didn't really ha- throw any cautionary signs up of, hey, we'll see how it goes in practice. And, you know, it's, it seems like he's going to be out there and, and it's going to be out of necessity as well. I mean, they were already down to four receivers a couple times this year. AJ Green goes down. You're relying upon Andy Isabella at the last at the end of the last game and Andre Bacellia, great opera singer from what we joke around about here. But as far as playmaker, only in the preseason. But yeah, if you can get a guy like Rondell Moore and a guy who's going to have to fight for his snaps now, because it seems like Greg Dortch is entrenched in this offense and has been one of the few things they can hang their hat on through three weeks. They're not going to move him out of his comfortable spot that he's earned and delivered for. Uh, Rondell Moore, it's going to be really fascinating to see how he just kind of finds his way against the Carolina Panthers. But, Johnny, this team was excited about Rondell Moore for a reason. Like, the role that they had kind of carved out for him, and maybe to, in hindsight, it wasn't the best idea to put all their all those marbles in the Rondell Moore basket right, now, right away, but just his playmaking ability – and what it can bring, and just Kyler Murray, another guy who can get open, It's just it should do wonders for this offense. Yeah, and, you know, with Rondell Moore specifically, you go back, and I, I tried to watch some of his Purdue highlights in the last couple of days to get recharged and re-energized, because <laughs> everybody's seen the highlights from year one, his bomb against the Niners, his bomb against the Vikings, but, man, his ability to break tackles, that even that freshman year at Purdue was unbelievable. What he did to Ohio State – that physicality is missing from the Cardinal offense right now. Yak. The Cardinals, outside of maybe Greg Dorch, and I love Hollywood Brown, but that's not his game. His game is to find spaces open in the defense, use his speed. 
we, we'd love a deep shot. But the receiver that can get you really the most yak outside of DeAndre Hopkins is Rondell Moore. And, and the Cardinals, talk about the margin for error for this offense right now. It's nickel and dime, right? The deep pass, the deep ball isn't there, maybe because the offensive line can't sustain their blocks. So everybody has to be perfect. Zach Ertz has to be perfect, can't be dropping balls, right? There can't be miscommunication with the running backs last week, dropping passes from Kyler Murray. Rondell Moore, if you get the ball in his hands in the open field, can exploit people. It can run through people, over people, even at five foot seven. And so, you know, I remember they called, who was the guy from Boise State that was the running back and they called him the muscle hamster? Like, I feel like that's very reminiscent of, of what Rondell Moore can bring to this offense. Is he's just like a little muscle hamster, <laughs> but we can't steal that because that, God, I can't remember who that was. Um, but, yeah, I it's it, we're at the point now, Bo Brock, where it's go time for Rondell. Like this is really, I think, kind of his last chance to prove something because Antoine Wesley should return after this game. He's eligible to come off the IR. DeAndre Hopkins is only a couple weeks away. And then everybody's going to settle back into what we all thought their roles would be in the spring. And is Rondell more a part of that big picture? You think about where is this receiving core in six weeks from now? If I had to ask you, give me the top four rotation for the Cardinals receiving core at the at the end of Halloween, at the beginning of November. What would yeah. you say it would look like? Top First, four. Let's, let's let's put some respect on your on your short king muscle hamster, Doug Martin. Doug Martin, that's what he was. <laughs> that's that I look at Rondell and I'm like, oh, he could be on a little hamster wheel, maybe. Right. Um, I mean, as far as the, the, the rotation goes, it's gonna it's gonna be D hop. He's going to be your number one wide receiver. He 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 come, immediately gets back into that role. Then it's Hollywood Brown, and yep. then it's going to be a fight between Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch as far as being three and four. And then after that, it's like who gives a shit, right? I mean, I think no. That, well, that's, let's let's be respectful, of Antoine Wesley. Like I people people uh, sleep on him. He's got the the he's the tallest receiver the Cardinals have now that AJ Green is officially laid to rest in, in terms of his NFL career. <laughs> like I'll, I'm going to try to be respectful here, but like they Cardinals need Antoine Wesley. I'm you sorry. Can't, you can't backtrack and say, I'm trying to be respectful. And then you just threw dirt on 34 year old AJ Green. <laughs> he's died. Can we just admit he's done? Yeah, um, I admit I, you know, and I was, I was one of the guys that thought, you know, in the ideal role, him coming back to this offense, uh, that that he was going to be better, and he just showed, you know, Father Time remains undefeated. Uh, so I I just think I'm not that big a believer in Antoine Wesley. I, I just I don't like if if he can play a role and diversify this uh, this wide receiver core, then that's fine, right? If if he's a guy that's going to see three targets a game, great. But you know. As far as Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, like they should be getting the lion's share of targets, and then any kind of anything in between the gray area, it needs to be Dorch, it needs to be Rondell, and then if there's if there's scraps left, if then then there, sure, we'll feed Wesley, and I think Wesley understands that. I mean, he's he's got to be a humble guy coming out of Texas Tech, getting really released from Baltimore, and then the Cardinals taking a chance on him, and and him Dor- shot, you know having a uh, being a bright spot spot at the end of the year last year where there weren't a lot of them. Dorch jumped everybody. I mean, not only yeah. Rondell, but he jumped Antoine Wesley. And yeah. like, I think about how does this all affect like something like Trey McBride and you just laid it out. There's four guys that are going to be fighting for, for targets from the receiving core alone. Five. If you include Wesley, I don't want to see Andre Bocelli or Andy Isabella get offensive snaps again when Hopkins comes back. But then it's Zach Ertz who has a ton of targets already this year. Like, it, it makes me sad to say, like, what 
Trey McBride at the end of the year, give me his what do you how many what's his stat line for the Arizona Cardinals by January? I don't want to take a dark, depressing turn, but we're talking about this receiving core and how it continues to evolve. If Trey McBride can't get on the field right now, how the mm-hmm. hell is he going to get targets in November? Yeah, I, I'm not optimistic about it. And it, it's is it it's not an indictment really on McBride. It's not. No, it it's it's I mean it's that conversation we had earlier in the week, and I encourage people to check it out. Was it on Tuesday's podcast where we were really looking at and deep dive in the development issues with this Arizona Cardinals organization? Um, I just don't think he's going to get the the PT, the snaps necessary, um, because the team understands just overall, talk about margin for error. You know, they don't have any, and this coaching staff already with trust issues isn't going to trust a first-year tight end to go out there and make big plays for him, even though you would think, Given the opportunity, it's somebody that could kind of take advantage of it, just like he took advantage of being, you know, the lone playmaker for Colorado State and just made play after play after play as Mountain West defenses probably keyed in on him. But they don't want to give him that opportunity, and it's really unfortunate. I, I, you know, the stat line just continues to shrink and shrink. If he can reach 150 yards on the season, that would probably be a win because we would see him at least catch the effing football and run around (laughs) something we haven't been able to see. We saw him run one route in the red zone for the most part. And Kyler Murray probably could have hit him if he, uh, if he probably had more of a rapport with the poor kid out there. I mean, sure. He's like, he doesn't even expect 85 to be out there. So why would he be looking for him in the back of the end zone? Yeah, if you're uh, dabbling on underdog fantasy with Trey McBride's over under in stats, God bless your soul because it's not gonna it's not gonna be good for you. Uh, and you can take the under there because you know I've had a great time playing underdog fantasy since uh, we became partners with them in Week One. Uh, I play it every Sunday; it's fantastic. Dabbling on the app right now in preparation for tonight's Thursday night football game. All you got to do to dabble with underdog: search in the app store, click on the link in our show notes. If you sign up with promo code PHNX. Underdog Fantasy, get this, is going to double your first deposit up to $100. So cash in $100, get $200. I've already spent my $200. I'm not going to say who it was on, who it wasn't on. Uh, Didn't have a good outing against the LA Rams using Underdog Fantasy. You're going to have better luck than me, though. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. All right, Bo, anything else stand out from Cards Practice on Thursday with Cliff Kingsbury because, I mean, he's taking a lot of arrows, right? I, there's there's mm-hmm. articles out about, you know, the, the ineffectiveness of Cliff. There's betting odds that he's going to be the first coach fired. And then, of course, coincidentally, he's playing a little bit of his kryptonite this weekend, the coach he can't beat, Matt Rules. So, I mean, what's the, what's the mindset of uh, Coach Cliff Kingsbury entering what I think is a pivotal must-win for the fourth-year head coach? You would hope urgency, right? You would hope that he sees opportunity and that this team can capitalize on it. And it's going to have to be, you know, the fast start that they've been, you know, saying over and over that they want to get each and every week. And it's going to be important because we see that Cliff Kingsbury teams play so much better with elite. And that's not anything profound. I mean, that's most NFL franchises, but really this, this under K2, that's just how they operate and how they're successful. That's the blueprint. Get up early capitalize on some mistakes and then kind of bury some teams. And what he really needs to do is just change the, a bunch of the narratives. And, and if you look at this Arizona Cardinals team, it's easy for especially the national media to kind of make him a punching bag. It's easy to poke fun at him because nothing is trending in the right direction right now for this Arizona Cardinals team. Not like on, on a, on a wide lens 
um, viewpoint and then not on in a, in a in a closer look at the team, like how they're playing now, how they played at the end of last season, how they play against the Carolina Panthers. They've lost six straight. They need to change that. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, zero and two against Matt Rule. It's it's unacceptable. Like Cliff Kingsbury says, I'm not. He's got to draw the line in the sand. I'm not. I'm not fucking losing to this guy a third time. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to come out of this week the odds-on favorite to be fired when this guy should be the true dead man walking as far as you know NFL head coaches go. So I think Cliff Kingsbury. He should. I don't know if he will. Um, but he the, the Arizona Cardinals. The trends would tell you. It, they shouldn't have a chance this weekend. But, you know, looking at the roster and who plays quarterback for them, that gives them, you know, that puncher's chance, and more than a puncher's chance in my opinion. But when you're looking at the trends, if you're betting the Arizona Cardinals and you're taking everything in outside of, like, do factor, which we, we like, say tongue-in-cheek, right, then you, you wouldn't be smart to put money on them. But well, I maybe the quarterback gets- battle, man, and I think that that's really what this game's going to be about. about. Baker Mayfield sucks. He sucks. He's 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 a terrible quarterback. And it, it can't be a couple of years ago when we saw Kyle Allen come in with this Carolina team and look like Tom Brady. Like it's not a, it, this can't be like I said about Cam Akers last week and it was a little bit unfortunately true Cam Akers had a little bounce back. It can't be Baker Mayfield's uh coming comeback story this weekend. Yeah, uh, is the Cardinal defense the get-right defense for a lot of alien players in terms of uh, measuring sticks and, and getting to where they want to be on the season? Maybe Cliff Kingsbury could get some help from his defensive coordinator and Vance Joseph, who not so coincidentally today again was asked about Isaiah Simmons because the media, rightfully so, my co-host here, will continue to ask about old number nine until we see him play more than 16 snaps a game. But Bo, you had a chance to visit with Vance Joseph. And listen, this Isaiah Simmons saga, I, I think it's it's not, it should not be overshadowed. It should be a talking point. And we should we should demand real answers. The fans deserve real answers because you've got the GM going on 98.7 talking about play the best players. And I know Isaiah Simmons is an impact player and blah, 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 gushing over his former top 10 draft pick. And then you have Vance Joseph today, Bo Brock, saying that he's been playing really well and I'm super proud of him. It's like Vance. Like, don't don't piss on me and tell me it's raining, right? <laughs> ben Neiman and Nick Vigil are playing the majority of the snaps over this unicorn draft pick. Right. And it's it's unacceptable. And you should be able to find the best position for him to maximize his talents to help you win football games. And you're you're not doing a good enough job, Vance. Yeah, I was I was hoping I, I dropped to my knees every every night and pray to the football gods, you know, maybe <laughs> some sort of transparency from this organization as far as what the relationship, especially with key players, key draft picks actually is. And I had asked, you know, just being uh, optimistic that my, my prayers have been answered. And, and I said, I asked uh, Vance, I was like, is Isaiah Simmons embracing his new role? Yeah. Which is the last couple of weeks, 15 and 16 <laughs> snaps respectfully. And he said, Isaiah is playing really good football right now. Isaiah is practicing better than he's ever practiced before. I really you know, like what I've seen from Isaiah Simmons. And I love it. Kimmy, one of uh, one of the uh, viewers and Twitter followers, fixed up the video that I posted on my Twitter account after, you know, Vance kind of spruced that that up and said he's proud of Isaiah. And then Kimmy brought from the uh, from Anchorman where Ron Bergen is like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, just, I don't believe you at all. 
you're lying. So I, I, we're not going to get anything on this. I've got to imagine that Isaiah Simmons, I mean, just think about your own life when you've been given a tremendous opportunity and you don't live up to the expectations and everything is immediately pretty much stripped from you. There's no way that this kid in his third season who had the expectations to basically be a leader on the field, be on the field almost every single play, is playing 15, 16 snaps a game. There's no way he's embracing this role. Zero chance. Yeah, it's embarrassing for him. He was the Buckus Award winner. He was on national power, perennial contender Clemson, where it, he was it, he was a, a, a household name at the NCAA level. Like, even if you weren't a fan of that program, casual college football fan, you knew what Isaiah Simmons was doing that year. You saw his performance in uh, the college final football final four and what he did against Alabama. He was all over the field and he was talked about as maybe the best player in that draft in the 2020 draft. Like, yeah, there's going to be players that go above him because, you know, you question, remember this positional value. Well, should we value somebody who plays inside linebacker first overall? But then they said, you know, just from a ranking standpoint, Isaiah Simmons, best player, 99 overall, and he can't get on the field. And I, I'm sorry. For me, it, it is more to do with the lack of trust from Vance Joseph and putting rookies and young players in positions to succeed every single week. I mean, imagine what this has done to Isaiah Simmons' confidence. I can't imagine because he's second-guessing himself. It's like, I can play at this level. Yeah. Can we simplify this a little bit, Vance? Like, I, I know people have talked about this. I brought this up before, and he doesn't have like the most refined pass rush moves. But hey, Vance, your pass rush sucks. You don't have yeah. a you know inside line or outside linebacker with a with a with an edge sack this year. Maybe give him some snaps out there. See what he can do. Like we've gone from you're going to call the entire defense with a green dot on your head to you can't play now. Like there has to be a gray area, a middle area where even like last year, Jordan Hicks called the defense right. Isaiah Simmons still played 75% of the snaps, if not more. He had over 100 tackles. He was showing promise at the end of the year. He had a big forced fumble against Dallas. It's just like, can he not just go back into that same role? Nope, because like we all knew, the minute Nick Vigil was signed, it was going to be a crutch for Vance Joseph. I didn't think Ben Neiman would be, but here we are. So, I mean, it was a gut-wrenching moment when Zayvon Collins left the field on Sunday against the L.A. Rams. Thankfully, he's okay. And the inside linebacking court was Nick Vigil and Ben Neiman. That that tells you everything you need to know about the disconnect right now between Vance, the coaching staff, Isaiah Simmons, and, and probably most importantly, Steve Kime, who made the pick, Bo. Yeah. And if you look across the other sideline on Sunday, or you just watch the opposing team's defense, uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons' counterpart for the most part uh, in Shaq Thompson. It's a guy who hasn't had a great career, struggling kind of lately. Uh, last year he was okay. He he was like Isaiah Simmons before Isaiah Simmons, this hybrid right, he, player. He went like the late twenties though, right? Right, he did, and uh, he was kind of like, was he more of a safety that came down and played linebacker, and now he's a yeah. full time linebacker? Um, like Shaq Thompson, when you look at his snap percentage, it just they it looks like at this point in his career, the Carolina Panthers were like, all right, just fuck it, we're gonna get him on the field. And then we're gonna we're gonna get him the reps necessary to succeed because it was like thirty nine percent, fifty percent his second season, and then by year three, seventy five percent. The Arizona Cardinals need to kick that up, and that's usually traditionally what's been going on with Steve Kahn draft picks. It's just like it's becoming a parody of itself now, 
to where it's regressing and, and it's 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 now hitting an embarrassing level uh, by this organization and its coaching staff. And it's it's really unfortunate. It's like Carolina's got two hybrid guys that they rely on pretty heavily in, in Jeremy Chen and and um and, and Thompson and they do okay. I mean it's it's not great. Probably Chen's better than Thompson, but the Arizona Cardinals I think Zabin's finding his way a little bit. They got rid of any kind of idea of him playing any other anywhere else outside of inside. Um, but Isaiah just remains a big question mark for this team. I'll tell you what's not a question mark is how great the game time app is. It is fan flipping tastic. If you have not heard about game time, friends, and you are a procrastinator like your boy, and you love to dabble in the ticket scene, and how could you not? So many. Great stadiums to visit here in Arizona, or if you're, you know, outside of Arizona, yeah, professional or collegiate sports teams, game time has you covered. Save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. It's fan flippantastic for procrastinators like myself. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. I'm going to tell you right now, I got family in town for the Eagles game in a couple of weeks. I said, wait, don't go to some of these other sites with huge egregious fees. Go to game time. Game time is where you're going to save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. The best way, click on the link in the description below, Bo. Absolutely. You want to check out concerts too. I bought my tickets to uh, Nate Bergazzi last Friday Ooh. on game time. Got a really sweet deal on that. I saw that Nas and Wu-Tang are playing uh, tonight in the Valley. Might uh, I might just mess around and, and get tickets to that, see some old school hip hop. Um, game time, best way to do that. Also the best way to murder your thirst, liquid death. Just nice. put an end to thirst. Just put it down with liquid death and also put uh, to death plastic pollution because they've got these cans out there. It looks like you're swigging on a tall boy. You look pretty badass when you need like a, a cigarette to really pull off the entire look. It's It's pretty cool when you're sitting there drinking a tall boy but it's actually refreshing either mountain spring water or they got the sparkling water regardless you look sweet doing it you're murdering your thirst you're murdering plastic pollution you got the recyclable cans helping bring death to plastic bottles they also donate 10 percent of the profits for every can sold to help kill plastic pollution you've got uh, free shipping on water and cool merch from liquid death just go to liquiddeath.com slash phnx that's liquiddeath.com slash PHNX. Get yourself some refreshing water. Get some cool merch while doing so as well. Liquid Death, your local target, fries or sprouts. We're going to be back in studio on Friday. Myself, Bo Brock, the great Frank Sanders, with our final and official preview for the Carolina Panthers hosting your Arizona Cardinals. Be sure to like, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. We're going to have our final game predictions, potentially a prediction for the DraftKings king of the game. Can Cliff Kingsbury get it done? Find out come Friday night with me and the boys. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.